Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up on NFL Live, top draft prospects start workouts at the Combine tomorrow. The great Mel Kuyper Jr. has a new mock draft out. Where do you hear the debate on what the Patriots should do at number three? Plus... The Chiefs are planning to release a key player to their Super Bowl run. Find out who it is and where they go from there. And the Chargers got the head coach they've been dreaming of in Jim Harbaugh. But outside of Justin Herbert, the roster needs rebuilding. We've got everything you need to know about who stays and who goes in L.A. With that, we welcome you to NFL Live. Jay Harris with you. Good to be hanging out with my guys, Tim Hasselbeck. Booger McFarland, Dan Graziano. Gents, you ready? Let's go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's do All right. It. Good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's kick off the party right with the JETS Jets, Jets, Jets. Aaron Rodgers coming off that injury. I mean, he's expected to be healthy and ready to go this season. GM Joe Douglas saying today protection for Rodgers is paramount, and much of their attention this offseason is going to the guys up front. And look, there's three different avenues that we can do this, right? Trade, trade, free agency, and draft. And so um, going through where we are, the flexibility, going through the meetings that we just went through, uh, the flexibility, AVT, I feel like there's some, some guys that can come in and be the right type of fit for us um, in terms of the intelligence, toughness, um, reliability. There's, there's some good candidates out there that can, that can come in and help us. We haven't won enough. I mean, that's, that's obvious. Uh, but weirdly enough, I, I feel like the culture is in a really good place with the people that we have. Uh, we just have to go out and do it. It's time to win. Everybody knows it, so it's time to put our heads down, work, and win games. Well, checking the Jets' offseason notes, most of the needs are on offense, specifically on the offensive line, where left tackle Mekhi Becton will be a free agent after an inconsistent start to his career. There's room for improvement at the wide receiver and tight end spots, as well as that group lacks depth behind top wideout Garrett Wilson. Booger, I want to start with you. What do the Jets need to do this offseason to help Aaron Rodgers? Well, it's got to be offensive line, right? I think that's got to be paramount. If you go back to last season, just four plays in, Dwayne Brown misses a block, uh, and then four play at, at, at that point, the season was over because Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. I think overall, when you look at it, it doesn't matter what they do offensively. Running back, wide receiver, it doesn't matter. If Aaron Rodgers is not protected, the season goes down the drain. They have to protect him. We can talk about wide receiver, talk about adding more weapons. We can come up with a lot of different things, but they have to protect the quarterback, and especially now that they've released Lakin Tomlinson, Makai Becton is a free agent, and so they have to do a massive overhaul on this offensive line position, and it's got to start pronto. Yeah, I agree with you, Book. I mean, it's clearly the number one need. Joe Douglas obviously knows it. I think the other aspect of it is, um, you know, as you look at it and you say, man, they're in tough shape. Like, how is this going to work? Let's not forget, like, how good Aaron Rodgers is. And the reason I bring that up is to say, look, really good quarterbacks who understand protection issues, understand how to 
adjust protections. Understand, uh, you know, when the clock in your head needs to speed up because of a matchup problem that you know you have going into the week. Uh, just being able to play with anticipation. The quarterback can actually help the offensive line quite a bit. When you have a quarterback that doesn't know what he's doing, that's holding on to the football, now all of a sudden, uh, you know, an okay offensive line looks terrible, and a terrible offensive line looks like a disaster. But when a quarterback helps fix it, helps erase some of those problems, now an okay offensive line looks like a pretty good offensive line. And I think that can happen for the Jets. It can, and there's no question about it. But, I mean, they're going to need bodies there. I mean, to the point, you know, we talk about Lake and Tomlinson being released, Mekhi Becton being a free agent. So, uh, they're not picking in the second round. They have the 10th pick in the first round. So, I, I think it would be pretty surprising to a lot of people if they didn't target a cornerstone offensive line piece with that number 10 uh, overall pick. Because at some point, they're going to want somebody there even when their quarterback isn't Aaron Rodgers anymore. Uh, so, that's a foundation that they definitely need to lay. But there's other business for the Jets to do. I mean, Booger referenced it. They are going to be looking for another playmaker on offense. A lot of people through that, throughout the last couple of months have connected them with a possible Devontae Adams trade, although uh, Raiders GM Tom Telesco poured cold water on that yesterday when he said Adams wasn't going uh, anywhere. They have their biggest free agent is Bryce Huff, the edge rusher. Uh, uh, Joe Douglas, the GM today, said they would not be using the franchise tag on him, which obviously brings into play the possibility uh, that Huff will sign elsewhere in free agency and they would have to replace his production. And then the other bit of news today was Douglas saying that they've given Zach Wilson permission to seek a trade, uh, which is, you know, it's like kind of like giving me permission to seek an NBA contract. I think it'll be interesting to see uh, if somebody can get, if Zach Wilson can get somebody to trade for him and the final year of his contract. Uh, more likely he ends up being released and signing with somebody else. I mean, don't sell yourself short, Dan. I think I've seen your jump shot. You could, well, maybe sure. not. It's probably not going to work. There. It's probably not going to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Jets, by the way, had the third worst pass block win rate in the NFL last season, so offensive line. Yeah, let's get some help. Gentlemen, you hang tight. We're going to the godfather now. Mel Kuyper Jr. releasing his mock draft 2.0 today. Uh, there's the full mock. And again, Mel has quarterbacks going one, two, and three. And now we are joined by the legend himself, Mel Kuyper Jr. Mel, take us through the top three picks, starting with who you have going number one overall. Yeah, Caleb right now is going right when you look at the, the mock to, to the Chicago Bears with Washington staying at two and taking Jane Daniels. Could Washington move up to one or try to? Yes, they could, but Caleb's going to be the number one pick overall. If Chicago's not bowled over by a offer, a bonanza, okay, giving up everything and the ranch to get that number one pick, you trade Justin Fields, get the two, recoup that that you traded to get Montez Sweat, and then you get a four. Jaden Daniels makes so much sense at two. He's clearly, in my opinion, when you look at the top three quarterbacks, after the momentum he built up in that great year, will be an ideal fit for Washington. He can do anything you want a quarterback to do. Feature with his legs, feature with his arm. He doesn't turn the ball over. So for Washington to get Jaden Daniels at two, with Drake May at three, who did not have that wow year. He missed throws you should make. He did not build on 2022. Now he lost his coordinator and his top weapon at wide receiver. But some of those throws you could not excuse away that Drake may miss. I still think he could be in that line to be that third pick overall. New England has to 
develop an infrastructure around the quarterback. Matt Jones had success right away out of Alabama. Why did he struggle the last two years? They couldn't protect him. He had nobody to throw to. So New England has a decision to make here. We trade, keep it. If you keep it, obviously Drake May's the guy, and Drake May needs help. Any quarterback's going to need help. He's only 21 years of age, guys, and this is a kid who has awesome talent, but this year he did not play to the level he did in 2022. All right, Mel, you hang tight. I want to, let's dig into uh, number three with the Patriots. Well, that draft analyst, uh, Matt Miller, joining us now as well. Matt, do you think the Patriots should go with May at three or trade back and get more talent? Yeah, Jay, I think this is the time to trade back. And I, I'm a Drake May fan as well. But I think what Mel said is so right. If the infrastructure is not there, who's the left tackle? Who's the number one wide receiver? Who's the number two wide receiver? They don't have those go-to weapons. And I think this is a year where I would at least look at this roster and say, we can move back from number three overall. Maybe you slide back to number six with the New York Giants, who are desperate for a quarterback. You could still walk away with one of maybe the top left tackle, a Joe Alt from Notre Dame, maybe the number two or number three receiver in this historically deep wide receiver class and you're setting yourself up for the future because you're going to get maybe two to three second round picks in this year's draft and next year's draft to move back just those couple of spots. So as much as I like Drake May, I think we see a team that doesn't have the infrastructure in place to help him. And right now, it's a much more valuable situation to trade back instead of forcing a quarterback. That's how you end up with a Daniel Jones situation. Forcing a quarterback, you back yourself into a need and into a corner. As, as talented as Drake May can be, I don't think New England is set up to give him that success. This is not C.J. Stroud going to the Houston Texans like last year. This would be a spot where you're, you're kind of in a hole from the jump, Tim. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I kind of I think I would push back on that a little bit, Matt, just because I don't know that a lot of people looking at Houston saying, hey, what an ideal situation for a young quarterback to go have success. Now, they happen to hit not only on C.J. Stroud, but other draft picks in that class. And with those guys playing well, you know, it looks like a promising situation in Houston at the moment under a first-year head coach. I, I think in some ways could look at New England and say, look, a lot of questions, much like there were a lot of questions this time of year in Houston, but what they got right was the quarterback, then some other you know pieces around the quarterback. And on top of that, they got it right with a young defensive-minded head coach. And I would just say this about Drake May. And, and, you know, listen, did he miss, miss some throws? Yeah, all these guys missed some throws. And there was a lot of change around him at Carolina this past year. I would say this. You're picking at the top of the draft at three to get Drake May at three. Who's your – like – where are you picking next year? Who's the quarterback that's that's available for you next year? And I just feel like every time we have this conversation, I'm just a, reminded of, of the Matt Ryan situation in Atlanta. As they were sitting there at three, and there were other options. And, you know, a couple guys went before him, and it was like, well, is he good enough to go at three? Well, because they got that right, Atlanta was set up for a lot of success. And so I just think it's a similar situation picking at three and Drake May still being on the board. Yeah, Tim, I think when you look at it with the infrastructure, as Matt talked about, we all said Carolina had the infrastructure in place for Bryce Young. It didn't work out that way. He was sacked. He was hit. He was pounded. He couldn't protect them. He didn't have the receivers. And Houston ended up having the infrastructure. It just evolved into that. And C.J. Stroud took his game, took that team to a level nobody could have fought back in August. So you the best laid plan. Sometimes you think it's an organization does, and they don't. Sometimes you think they have issues, and then they turn out to fix them quicker than you thought. If you believe, if New England believes, 
Drake May is a franchise quarterback potentially in the not-too-distant future, you have to take him. If you have questions, and I'm not saying you have to like all three quarterbacks, how many times have we seen quarterbacks bust out early? They do. But if they have strong conviction about Drake May, I don't think you worry about the infrastructure now. You don't, you don't worry about that. You take the quarterback. If they have questions about May, then obviously you move down and you try to build up around whoever the quarterback is. As I said, they gave Mac Jones, they didn't give him a fighting chance after really showing promise his rookie year. Drake May has more talent than Mac Jones does. But if, if they believe strongly in Mac Jones, I don't worry about the line and the receivers. I take Drake May and build around him moving forward. Yeah, to that point, Mel, I think we're going to see them signal in free agency, which those talks are happening right now in Indianapolis as we're gearing up for the combine. We're going to see them signal in free agency if they're taking the young quarterback because they have to give him that left tackle. They have to solve some of the issues at wide receiver. We know the defense was successful last year with Bill Belichick as the head coach, Gerard Mayo taking over. You assume it's going to be similar. There's going to be some consistency between those systems and those schemes. But I look at Elliot Wolf, his first time as the chief personnel person for an NFL team. Obviously, his dad was great in building the Green Bay Packers in the 90s, but I think we will see that signal of if they are going, you know, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, if they feel comfortable with whomever that number three quarterback will be, I think we do see them. They have money to spend this year. We see them load up in free agency so that that quarterback is coming into a better situation, especially with an offensive coordinator who's new to this system, new to this scheme. So there might be a lot of new moving parts in New England, but I think we'll know within the next couple of weeks if they're at least looking in that direction at number three overall. You think there's nowhere to go it up. Uh, Mac Jones threw 10 touchdowns and 12 interceptions last season, the worst ratio in the NFL. All right, gentlemen, you hang tight. We're just getting started right here on NFL Live. And speaking of those top QBs, Caleb Williams has broken his silence on the idea of going number one overall to the Bears. And breaking news, he is not against it. More on the former Heisman winner coming up from the combine. Plus, the defending champs are making moves this week. Is it time for the Chiefs to reload at wide receiver? Our guys think KC can find some significant help in this year's draft. Stick around to find out who on NFL Live. NFL Live is brought to you by Disney and Kugali's Iwaju. All episodes now available. Only on Disney Plus. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The F1 season starts Saturday morning with the Gulf Air Bahrain Grand Prix at the International Circuit on ESPN and the app. Max Verstappen begins his quest for a fourth straight Drivers' Championship. Grand Prix Sunday begins our pre-race coverage at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. Now new on NFL Live, Colts GM Chris Ballard today talking about Anthony Richardson. About where he's at. Um, He started throwing. He's on a rehab program. We're not going to, like, I mean, I lived through the last one, okay, and I learned a lot of lessons living through the last one. So, you know, forgive me for being a little cautious, but, uh, you know, and Anthony, I I know Anthony's made some statements that it's important to be ahead of schedule. Well, you know, that's – we're here to pull the reins to make sure we don't get too far ahead of schedule and we're staying with whatever the doctors are telling us. So, but he's in good shape. Um, he's throwing, he's got a good throwing program, got p- good people working with him. So I, I'm encouraged about where he's at and where he's going. All right, with that, let's do some top stories now as we bring Dan Graziano back in here. Uh, Dan, what can you add on Anthony Richardson's return? Well, as you heard there, uh, Chris Ballard referencing his history with Andrew Luck and how poorly that went and and the injuries that led Andrew Luck to an early retirement. They obviously are cognizant of that uh, as they move through Anthony Richardson's rehab process, but they are hopeful he'll be ready to start the season because this is a player who came out of college needing to play and didn't get to play nearly as much last year as they wanted him to in his first year. Um, Ballard also said today that wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. will be on the team uh, this year, whether they have to franchise him or whether they're able to sign him to a long-term contract. Quarterback Justin Fields, we still don't know if he'll be on the Chicago Bears this year. The Bears have the number one pick in the draft, and their GM, Ryan Poles, spoke yesterday, uh, said they don't know yet exactly how it's going to turn out, but if they get to the point where they want to trade Justin Fields, uh, they would like to get it done before free agency, so that's sometime in the next couple of weeks we should have some resolution on the Justin Fields situation. Same with the Russell Wilson situation in Denver. He's guaranteed $39 million this year, no matter what. He was benched for the final two games of their season, uh, and the Broncos are expected to release him prior to March 17th. Because on March 17th, if he's still on the Broncos, then $37 million of his 2025 compensation becomes fully guaranteed, and obviously they don't want that. So sometime in the next couple of weeks, Russell Wilson should be free to sign with any team. Another guy who's now free to sign with any team, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, wide receiver for the Chiefs. Uh, They are going to release him from his contract. This is a salary cap saving move. Will save them about $12 million against this year's cap. Uh, And as has been the case for the last couple of off-seasons, the Chiefs are in the market for wide receiver help. Uh, And now they're down one of the guys that helped get them to the Super Bowl the last couple of years. Dan Graziano, thank you very much. Let's stay in KC. Tim and Booger back now. Tim, starting with you. The Chiefs overcoming wide receiver struggles all season. With this release, what can they do to bolster the position? 
Yeah, we know it's a deep, um, you know, receiver class in this year's draft. So I would expect them to draft a wide receiver. You just look at what's happened there. Obviously, it didn't really work out with MVS. Yes, he did make a big play in the playoff game, but really was a struggle all season long. Kadarius Toney, who they acquired, he hasn't really panned out. Sky Moore, you know, I think does certain things well, but hasn't developed the way they want him to develop. And then Rasheed Rice, whose year certainly got off to a tough start. He's the only one that's really come along. And so with that, as you look at the receiver group, uh, I think that you have to address it. I think it most certainly will be addressed during the draft. And then beyond that, I do think that they end up being guys that are at least interested in the free agent market the way they have been in years past with how they acquired someone like MVS. So, uh, yeah, I think that's exactly where they are. And just to be candid about it, somewhat surprised that they haven't had more success with it considering who their head coach is and considering who their quarterback is. But it's been a little bit of a struggle. Yeah, truth be told, it really doesn't matter what they do because Patrick Mahomes has proven he's going to make it right. We came on this program for the last couple of years. What is Mahomes and what are the Chiefs going to do without Tyreek Hill? Win Super Bowls, back-to-back -back Super Bowls. So uh, you got to know that Andy Reid and Brett Veach understand that, yeah, they've been lacking a little bit at the receiver position. Rasheed Rice has kind of taken that next step up. But other than that, no one really has. This is a, a generationally deep receiver draft. I fully expect them to get somebody that can open up the, the perimeter and open up deep down the field. That's the one thing that this team misses with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they've won two Super Bowls, and that ultimately is the goal. But this offense transitioned from a big play offense to one that's kind of dink and dunk to intermediate unless you're throwing the football to Travis Kelsey. And if you want to pinpoint a guy or pinpoint a school, look no further than the University of Texas. A.D. Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, two very big deep threats at the University of Texas. Could you imagine them? Could you imagine those two guys with Patrick Mahomes throwing the football down the field? I have no doubt that whatever Brett Beach and Andy Reid want to do, it's going to be successful because of one guy, and that guy wears 1-5. Indeed, he does. Chiefs fans are like, oh, please, please do that. Please make those guys are great. Please do that. Uh, let's bring Dan back in here with some uh, big free agents on the defensive side for the Chiefs. What's the latest on Chris Jones potentially getting a long-term deal? Yeah, they've been talking about it here over the last couple of weeks, Jay, since the Super Bowl, and I think there's some optimism that they might be able to get to a deal. Couldn't get to one last offseason, and it led to him actually holding out, missing the first game of the season uh, over his dis dissatisfaction for not getting a long-term deal. But, you know, winning a second straight Super Bowl puts everybody in a pretty good mood, and, and it feels like there might be more fertile ground for negotiation this time around. They definitely do not want to let Chris Jones uh, out of the building. They have to, the corner back Legarius Sneed, also a free agent. Uh, our Jeremy Fowler reporting yesterday that they were willing to use the franchise tag on him. That could be a tag and trade kind of situation. They have some things to sort out on defense, but Chris Jones, a priority for sure. Uh, as he should be since entering the league in 2016, Chris Jones has the second most sacks among defensive tackles, trailing only Aaron Donald. That is pretty good company to be in. All right, when we return, What's the latest on Consistence number one pick, Caleb Williams? Is he a lock to be the Bears' next QB1? And what will they do with the ninth pick? Maybe give Williams another weapon? We have a live report from Indy next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Welcome back to NFL Live. Mel Kuyper Jr. releasing his Mock Draft 2.0 today. And in it, Caleb Williams goes first overall to the Chicago Bears. With more on that, our senior college football writer Pete Thamel joins us now. Pete, we haven't heard much from Williams since the college football season ended. You had a chance to talk with him at length last night. What did you take away from that conversation? Yeah, Jay, I think from the macro, from talking to Caleb Williams, he's a 22-year-old kid excited to be on the cusp of his dream here, going to the NFL Combine, obviously one of the huge mile markers before the NFL Draft. Caleb told me that he's been waiting for his whole life for this moment. He really, at age 10 or 11, decided he wanted to be a professional football player, and he's right there on the cusp of his goal. Uh, he'd been basically, since USC's season ended in late November, laying low. He's worked out with noted quarterback trainer Will Hewlett. He's been in Florida most recently. He studied the mental side of the game in terms of protections and uh, different defenses he's going to see and worked on huddling and different transitions from college to the NFL. But he's had a fairly normal pre-draft process. There's been lots of speculation about Caleb and his camp's willingness to play for the Bears. What did Mr. Williams have to say about that? Yeah, well, Jay, that was the biggest takeaway from the conversation is Caleb Williams told me he'd be excited to play for the Bears if they drafted him. But he also said, look, if they trade the pick and they trade me somewhere else, I'll be excited to go there, too. I asked Caleb explicitly about the notion that he could hold up the draft or do what John Elway or Eli Manning did in prior generations and manipulate the draft. And he strongly denied he has ever had any intention of doing that. He said he had no agenda. He said, ultimately... Um, paraphrasing here, the ball is in the Bears' court. They have the final say were the words that he used. So the Bears can decide whether they want him. And if he does end up in Chicago, he said he's excited. He's been to Chicago. Tommy loves deep dish pizza. Uh, he's done Walter Payton rabbit holes on YouTube. And he's excited to go if that's where his professional home ends up being. Doing his homework already. Uh, Pete Thamel, you the man. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Right now, let's check out some more picks from Mel's latest mock draft. The, the Bears also hold the ninth pick, and Mel has them taking LSU receiver Malik Neighbors. Mel, why Neighbors for the Bears? Yeah, he's so explosive and dynamic, and he had a phenomenal year along with Jaden Daniels, with Brian Thomas Jr. on the other side. And if he's there, he's one of my elite players in this draft, right there with Romo Dunze as the second best receiver in this draft. Malik Neighbors was spectacular this year. He's got a great attitude. He's a baller. He loves to play the game. He's aggressive in his approach. Tough kid. And I think when you look at, at 
say, Tennessee. And he's like, well, they have to take an offensive tackle. And I gave them Joe Walt. They could not protect Will Levis. But hey, Cincinnati had to take Penny Sewell, right? Well, they didn't. They took Jamar Chase, and Sewell went to the Lions. So if that happens, maybe the Bears end up with somebody other than Malik Neighbors. But certainly if he's there, he's a steal, Tim, for the Chicago Bears and helping out the young quarterback, Caleb Williams, if in fact they draft Caleb number one. Yeah, and, and pairing a young quarterback with a talented receiver is obviously a good uh, thing to do because you you know you start to work on chemistry. That's something that you think will go a long period of time. And watching neighbors, I think what's interesting, you said a lot of it, Mel, in terms of his explosiveness. Like he's a football player. I think that's the thing sometimes when you look at receivers, guys that are, hey, is the guy fast? Like, yeah, he's fast, but he also does a great job, you know, with his releases. Does he understand like when to slow it down when it's zone coverage and he's in a hole? Like he understands that. Like I, he comes across to me as a guy that just He's more football player than than just receiver. And I think when you think about that and and some guys that have come out of the program there at LSU, that is a very good thing. And it would certainly make a lot of sense pairing him with a quarterback and then obviously a position of need when you look at the Bears current roster. All right. More from the mock draft with the 10th pick. Mel has the Jets taking Georgia tight end Brock Bowers. Mel, why Bowers for the Jets? Love Brock Bowers. I think it'd be great with Aaron Rodgers. And obviously, they need somebody to help out Garrett Wilson. We say, well, they have to take an offensive line. They're going to help the offensive line in more ways than just this 10th pick. It just didn't flow that way. I had uh, J.C. Latham off the board at 5. I had Joe Otto off the board at 7. Olu Fashano is a little bit mixed opinion on the tackle from Penn State. If it fell, say, with Latham or off there, I think they would take the tackle over Brock Bowers. With those two tackles gone, Bowers gives you a dynamic that nobody else in this draft has, Boog. He can do everything you want. He's a receiving entity. Yeah, no doubt, man. When you look at Brock Bowers, I can't think of another tight end that I've seen take a jet sweep and, and run around the corner. He is more of a weapon than a tight end. Now, you, you may lose a little bit of the blocking, although he is a, a willing block on the line of scrimmage. But when you talk about a player, a tight end in this draft that can be Travis Kelsey-like, that can be a weapon where you build your entire offense around him, that's what you get in Brock Bowers. Now, I know Jets fans are going to say, yeah, but if we don't protect the quarterback, he can't throw to anyone. And I truly understand that. I may lean toward going tackle here, even if I don't want to reach for one because we got to protect Aaron Rodgers. But, Mel, when you talk about Brock Bowers, he is one of one in this draft. There is no player like him. And regardless of what he tests like, regardless of what he runs in the 40, I know when I get Brock Bowers, I'm going to get the ultimate weapon on my team. Let's go to number 12, where Mel has the fourth quarterback off the board in J.J. McCarthy. Mel, why McCarthy to the Denver Broncos? I think just on the fact that, hey, you got Sean Payton, you got a quarterback need, you got a guy who's 20, just turned 21 years of age who played really well for Michigan this year, despite the fact he didn't have to carry the team. Well, guess what? When he needed to make plays, he did, and it was less margin for error. He talked about, you know, 25 throws a game, not 40. So when he made a play, or throw, he had to make it because he didn't have many opportunities. He didn't have any makeup throws. So, for, or look at the run he had in the cha national championship game when he used his legs. So, for J.J. McCarthy, the division, the conference, they got to get Matt a young quarterback and develop him. And McCarthy's got talent galore. Yeah, this is a great matchup with Sean Payton, who, you know, if you can play for Jim Harbaugh, you can play for Sean Payton. It's going to be tough love, but it's going to be great, and he's going to be able to develop him. This is something that Payton wanted when he got to Denver, was to be able to handpick his next quarterback. 
That didn't happen with Russell Wilson. I think it happens with J.J. McCarthy, who's a good runner. He's got great arm strength, and he will take what the defense gives him. That's one of my favorite things about his game is watch the Ohio State game where he sees a linebacker have their head turned, so he just throws the ball in that replacement window. So he's smart, he's tough, he's instinctive, and he's athletic enough to be exactly what you want as a modern quarterback. So this is a, the right spot. I know I didn't love the Drake May pick at three, but 12 getting J.J. McCarthy to Denver feels like a really good fit and a really good value, too. So Mel has J.J. McCarthy as the fourth and final quarterback selected in the first round of his mock draft, meaning that Oregon's Bo Nix and Washington's Michael Penix Jr. were not taken in the first round. That is despite the fact that several teams have a potential need at quarterback, although some of the teams on this list could fill that need in free agency. So Matt Miller, back to you. What do you think about Nix not going off the board in the first round of Mel's mock? I'm a little bit surprised. I thought we would see a fifth quarterback get in there just because of the need that teams have. And I thought Nick's had such a great final year at Oregon, really developing from what we saw when he was at Auburn. His game rounded out. He's mobile. He's got a strong enough arm. He attacks and layers the ball really well into windows. Yes, they played a lot at the line of scrimmage in that scheme, but when he was asked to throw the ball down the field, he did it accurately. He doesn't turn the ball over. Just 10 interceptions the last two games, or two years, excuse me. And one thing I hear from teams all the time about quarterbacks right now is they want want experience. You want that guy like a Brock Purdy who's played a ton of college football could come in. Bo Nick started 61 games in college football, so he's ready to come in and I would not be surprised if the the board fell this way. We would see a team try to get back into that late first round to get that fifth year option because I think Bo Nix is a rookie starter whether that's in the first or second round. Someone could get a steal here. Yeah, that's a problem, Matt. When you're doing the mock, when you get to a certain point in the draft the projection, there's no room for a quarterback. There's no team that would take a quarterback. Pittsburgh at 20 doesn't make sense to me. They got to get better than Kenny Pickett. Bo Nix, I don't think is. You know, Bo Nix doesn't have the wow arm strength. So to me, and he was in a perfect system at Oregon for two years. So he's still between 24 years of age. So for me, and look what Will Levis, because the age factor and didn't have the great year, the age of being a little bit, you thought about Bo Nix, 24. Here's McCarthy at 21, Drake May, 21. I think Bo Bo Nix gets into the second round of the lick, as you said, Matt, unless somebody trades back into the first. But I have right now Michael Penix Jr. right there with him. I think Michael Penix Jr., if it wasn't for the injuries, would be a first. But he gets pushed into the second round as well. Both guys who I think are going to be good pros. We will see exactly what happens. Matt, Mel, thank you so much. All right, still to come on NFL Live, the Browns were a playoff team without their big money QB this year. So is there a QB conundrum now in Cleveland? Tim thinks it might be a little trickier of a situation than you might think. You don't want to miss this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. 
Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Here is the next UFC event exclusively on ESPN Plus, and it comes from the Apex in Las Vegas Saturday afternoon. The prelims begin at 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, followed by the main card, highlighted by the heavyweight main event. Back here on NFL Live, it's time to read and react to some of the best sound from the combine. First, here's Seahawks GM John Schneider on Geno Smith's future. Our coaches aren't down here with us, guys, so we're basically, what we're doing is, you know, we, we have a vision, we have a plan for what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I would think, yes, the starter until he's not. Uh, okay, Tim Hasselbeck, can you translate what we just heard, please? Yeah, I mean, hey, we, we know Gino's a good deal, so we're good with him being our starter, but if you're looking for a starter that would be really inexpensive and probably play better than the guy you have, give us a call. I think that's how I would translate that, Jay, yeah. because, look, Geno Smith's played good football. He's not getting paid like a top-end starter, and so I think what Seattle is saying, we're open to all things starting Geno or maybe trading him if we get the right call. I think it's a good translation. I think that is. All right, let's go to Green Bay, where Packers GM Brian Gutekunst was asked about chasing the Lions, who won the NFC North last season, and he responded, by saying this quote around here we've never hung banners for division championships so it's never been about that it's a nice starting point but I think we're always looking for bigger things Ooh, fight fight booger little GM trash talking right there uh, sir who, who do you give the advantage to in the NFC North well, right now, I'm going to give the advantage to the team that just won it, and that's the Detroit Lions. I, I love how they're built. They're, they're physical. They're going to be hungry. They're going to have a bad taste in their mouth. But I do love the friendly banter from one GM to another. That's how rivalries are created, and Green Bay is feeling really good. Their young quarterback, Jordan Love, is starting to play well. They're going to get this off offense uh, rolling at a high level, and overall, this is good for the NFL. But right now, you got to give a slight edge to the Detroit Lions based on how they finished last season. I know they're going to come back even hungrier. Okay. Uh, finally, to Cleveland, where Deshaun Watson is working his way back from the broken bone in his shoulder. Here's Kevin Stefanski with the latest on Deshaun. He's coming along. I know he's going to start throwing uh, here shortly. He's hitting all of, all of his milestones. Uh, Ken and I are going to go out and see him next week and spend some time, not talk football, just catch up. Uh, won't see him throw, but just want to, you know, check in on him. Uh, but, you know, I text him almost every day, so he, he's in a good place. Dan Graziano, outside of getting Watson healthy, what are the Browns' offseason priorities? They've got to work on the defense a little bit. They have four defensive linemen that are free agents. They're going to need some help at linebacker. Uh, they're interested in seeing if they can upgrade the wide receiver group around Amari Cooper. 
Uh, Nick Chubb is carrying a cap hit of almost $16 million in this, the final year of his contract. GM Andrew Berry said yesterday that's got to be addressed somehow, but I don't get the sense uh, that they're planning on cutting Nick Chubb. I think they just want to talk to him about reworking the contract so it fits under the cap. Hey, Jay, when your quarterback's cap number is almost $64 million for each of the next three years, you got to find some creative solutions. Indeed, you do, for sure. Uh, Tim, back to you. Deshaun Watson returning from the fracture in his shoulder. Joe Flacco played the Browns into the playoffs, but is now a free agent. So how do you see this QB room fitting together? Well, listen, I... I think the way I see it fitting together, Deshaun Watson's the starting quarterback. They owe him so much money. Like, he's the starting quarterback. They need him to play well. Listen, the head coach isn't, you know, just texting players daily, as Kevin Stefanski referenced, uh, if he's not planning on that guy being the guy and playing really well. And I think that, you know, for Flacco, you got to look at what's out there. I'm sure tasting and, and feeling like you could still play, uh, you know, that burning desire to still be the guy that gets out on the field. Uh, I think it's important. I think there'll be some situations that might fit Flacco better than Cleveland. And so I think as you look at the quarterback room, the fact that Flacco is not going to be uh, super inexpensive because of the success he had last year. Okay, I think the way that that looks is drastically different than it did at the end of the season and more like it looked at the beginning of the season for Cleveland. Yeah, I agree with you. Everything stops and starts with the quarterback, and they got to get him to play at a high level because they're stuck with him. But if you take it to the next level, their offensive line has to be addressed, especially at both tackle position. Both tackles finish the season uh, on injury reserve. You got to make sure that if you're going to bring both of those guys back, can they be healthy? Do you get a third guy to come in just in case one of these guys gets hurt when you talk about uh, Jedrick Wills and, and Conklin? I think overall, the quarterback is priority, but you got to protect the quarterback because Deshaun Watson didn't look comfortable a lot of the season. Now, some of that was his own fault because he wasn't playing uh, on time and in rhythm, but you got to give him protection where he doesn't get his clock sped up so much. So the quarterback and the offensive line are a premium there in Cleveland. Indeed. Gentlemen, we appreciate you so much. Thank you. Still ahead, Jim Harbaugh has inherited quite the cap situation in L.A. Will his star-studded roster still be glamorous when week one rolls around? Booker and Tim going to tell you why it may be time to recharge and offload some top veteran talent when NFL Live rolls on. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. In 1920, halfback Fritz Pollard led the Akron Pros to a championship in the newly formed National Football League. The next season, he accepted the role of player coach, becoming the first black head coach in NFL history. Today, his impact is felt through the Fritz Pollard Alliance, an organization advocating for diversity in coaching and front office positions. Lisa Salters, thank you. Uh, in their first offseason under new general manager Joe Hortiz and head coach Jim Harbaugh, the Chargers have a lot of work to do as they're currently more than $25 million over the salary cap. Excluding quarterbacks, there are six players in the entire NFL who have a cap hit of at least $32 million, and four of those players are on the Chargers in pass rushers Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and wideouts Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Here's what Hortiz had to say when asked about the futures of those players. But we're still still working through it. Obviously, the cap got bumped up a little bit higher than I think everyone was expecting, a little bit more. So it um, gives us certainly some flexibility, a little bit more increased flexibility. So uh, we'll kind of continue to talk through that over the next couple of weeks and, and have a plan of attack shortly. All right, Dan Graziano, where are the charges with reworking this roster right now? Yeah, you heard Joe Ortiz talk about that. Like They're confronting some very difficult decisions. Those four players that you mentioned, all with cap hits north of $32 million for this year, none of them have any guaranteed money in their contracts, but they all have roster bonuses due on the third day of the league year, March 16th, so the decisions have to be made by then. Khalil Mack and Keenan Allen are in the final years of their contracts. I think that makes them particularly vulnerable. I, they would love to find a way to keep Joey Bosa, but I mean, frankly, they'd love to find a way to keep all these guys. These have been, in, in some cases, franchise cornerstone kind of players for the Chargers uh, that they don't necessarily want to get rid of, but it is very difficult to see all four of them being on the 2024 roster. Yeah, this feels like one of those situations where they kind of, you know, expected to be better sooner, and they just haven't been, and now changing that head coach is going to be kind of, you know, some hard decisions to make on really good players, which means you got to get it right in the draft if you end up having some cap casualties. The other thing is this. Just look at the history of Jim Harbaugh. He likes to run the football. Like, former quarterback, whatever. Like, they are a – they will be – the identity of the team will be as running the football. Think of Stanford under him. Think of the 49ers under him. The same thing at Michigan. That will happen for the Chargers. And so they need to be in the running back market in a very big way. There's a prominent running back that's on the market. But because of everything that, you know, Dan just talked about in terms of, you know, high cap hits for, uh, you know, highly paid players on their team that they'd like to keep, that might prevent them from being able to get somebody like Saquon Barkley who could be available and who would be a great fit for probably what they want to do offensively. Yeah, I think you make some very good points. I think the overarching uh, job for Jim Harbaugh is to get these guys to play up to their maximum level because I can make a clear argument that other than Keenan Allen, including the quarterback, everybody has underperformed there in Los Angeles for the Chargers. So how are you going to get these guys to play up to their level? That includes Khalil Mack, who other than the six sack game really was underwhelming last season. Joey Bosa, you look at Mike Williams, who can't stay healthy. I can go on and on, even Austin Eckler. So how do you get this talented team or a team that we deem is so talented to play up to their talent? I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Williams is no longer there. 
I think this is a, a draft that's deep at receiver, and I agree with you. They want to run the football, so why do you need two $20 million receivers? There is a lot that has to be done in Los Angeles, and I think a lot of it has to take place off the field in the meeting room to challenge those guys. Hey, are we going to play up to what our talent says, or are we going to continue to be an underperforming team here in Los Angeles? Lots going on there. We're going to get back to that, uh, I'm sure. Hey, we have time for one more thing, guys. Some, the combine workout starting tomorrow, so we're going to go back and take a look at some notable past results here. Um, y'all both like y'all look like y'all had a couple of biscuits before you took your photo. I'm just saying, Booger McFarlane, Tim Hasselbeck. Okay, look at let's look at the numbers. <laughs> hey, listen. Yes. <laughs> hey, Jay. First of all, I can tell you right now, my 40 time is wrong. I ran 485 at the combine, so I, I don't mean to throw whoever made this graphic under the bus, oh. but I was a lot faster than that. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you are you and Tim Hasselbeck were really close I, I then. You were a whole lot faster. Vertical, which I'm so surprised some people. I want to thank whoever made this graphic <laughs> for their accuracy. Yeah, that's definitely well, a lot. Well done. <laughs> well done. I just I need to know. I'm looking at the bench reps. Burger had 25. Tim, what is this not applicable? What is what do you not you what? Well, because the quarterback, hey, the quarter, <laughs> quarterbacks have to throw. They're not benching the combo. I actually would have been very proud of mine, of my bench reps. Like I would have been up near 20. I, that wasn't the problem for me, Jay. Like there were other issues that were problems. I just want to know where Booger's neck was. <laughs> like it was there was no neck there. Yeah. It was like ear to shoulder. Like what? Like what? What? Well, that's a lot of this neck is, work there, bud. That's a, that's a good question. Hey, listen, man. Sometimes hey, this was playing nose tackle. You don't need a neck. This was before Peloton was invented. <laughs> yeah. No neck, Booger McFarland. I love it, gentlemen. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching NFL Live. Peace.